Today's podcast is sponsored by the Philadelphia Conference on Reformed Theology, coming soon to Grand Rapids and Philadelphia. Listen for more at the end of the program. Welcome to Mortification of Spin, a casual conversation about things that count, with Carl Truman and Todd Pruitt. Mortification of Spin is a weekly podcast from the Alliance of Confessing Evangelicals. Let's join this week's conversation. You are listening to Mortification of Spin. My name is Todd Pruitt, one of your regular hosts, and I'm joined as always by the other regular host, Carl Truman. And Carl, today we have uh, something rather interesting to talk about. Interesting, I say, because it speaks so much to the current ethos of our nation and the whole issue of cancel culture. I mean, isn't it interesting that, that that has now been added to our cultural lexicon, this whole issue of have you been canceled? We wouldn't have known what that meant six months ago, but now it's just entered into part of the, the public consciousness to be canceled, meaning that somehow something you've said or something that you admit you believe uh, puts you on the outs in terms of the approved uh, progressive orthodoxy these days. And the latest uh, person that we've heard now to fall victim to this public canceling is uh, someone who's been a guest on this program in the past. Uh, Ryan T. Anderson, uh, among his books, uh, was the very helpful and at one time Amazon best-selling book, uh, When Harry Became Sally, wherein Anderson challenges the transgender orthodoxy of the day and, and points out some of the dangers and, and problems with transgenderism. It's a very thoughtful book. It's not an angry screed, but a very thoughtful kind of dissection of and, and evaluation of transgenderism. Well, we just found out recently uh, that that book uh, has now been canceled from Amazon. If you're looking for the book, uh, When Harry Became Sally by Ryan Anderson, you can no longer get it from Amazon. Um, now, Carl, tell me your thoughts on this in terms of uh, cancellation culture, what, what it means for us right now. What is, what is the significance of this? Why, why in, for instance, should the average citizen and, in our case, the average Christian uh, care about this? issue? Well, there are a whole host of reasons why it's concerning. Uh, first of all, I think it's important to say that you know, some people will will immediately jump to a First Amendment kind of issue on, on this front, but it's probably not a First mm -hmm. Amendment issue unless Amazon is taking massive subsidies from the government. Uh, it is a private company. Right. And private companies are effectively allowed uh, a significant degree of freedom on these kind of issues. So it's it's probably not a First Amendment issue. Secondly, I think it indicates the rise of what has been identified and the power of what has been identified as woke capitalism. Mm -hmm. you know, historically, uh, big corporations have typically tilted in a rightward direction. Right on the whole uh, and have tended to to throw their weight behind conservative social causes. We've seen really in the last five or 10 years uh, an interesting phenomenon emerge, and that is corporations, big corporations, wealthy corporations tilting 
leftward uh, and beginning to use their power to influence social policy in a in a leftward direction. Thirdly, I think it points to the the massive inconsistency of what's going on. I've just Googled uh, uh, Adolf Hitler Mein Kampf <laughs> on Amazon. I can still buy several That's editions true. of Mein Kampf if if I but wish. There, but with Mein Kampf, uh, you can you can you know pick out the meat and spit out the bones, Carl. <laughs> Yes, but let's not even go there today. That's a program in and of itself. Yes. The other thing is that for the last uh, so many weeks, I've been getting an email about once a week from Amazon recommending a book to me uh, called Technological Slavery. It looked quite interesting. Uh, when I clicked on the link, I noticed it was written by a Theodore Kadzinski. Uh, name rang a bell, so I Googled, you know, see which university does he teach at, etc. It's actually, he's the, he's the Unabomber. <laughs> So Amazon is actually not just stocking the Unabomber's works, it's actively promoting them to people like me. What I have searched for on Amazon that has put me on the, you know, if you read this, you might like works by the Unabomber kind of list. I have no idea. But to go back to, to Ryan, we're now in a situation where Ryan Anderson is apparently less socially acceptable to Amazon than the right. Unabomber. And that, I think, it, it shows how arbitrary the sort of the politics of wokeness mm -hmm. are. Uh, we've seen it before. We saw it with the NBA uh, getting their knickers in a twist over bathroom policy in, in the Carolinas yeah. at the same time as groveling before the Chinese Communist right. Party, uh, which has perpetrated, uh, well, uh, continues, I think, to be the world's greatest perpetrator of crimes against humanity exactly. in our generation. Sure. So this inconsistency is not a surprise, and it's pandering <clears throat> to the, uh, the trendy tastes of middle-class progressive America. That's essentially what Amazon is doing at this yeah. particular point. You know, it's interesting. Our, our, our president, President Joe Biden, was asked in a press conference about uh, China's uh, persecution of Uyghurs people. And uh, uh, he said, well, they have a different set of norms, was, was his yeah. explanation. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, they persecute <laughs> innocent people. We don't. That's the, that's the cultural <laughs> difference. You know, different cultural norms yeah. Yeah. Uh, than, than yeah. we do. Um, so I, I was attending a, a meeting um, within the last month and a half of of PCA pastors. Uh, we'll leave it at that. And uh, one one brother um, began to tell us about um, how the church, uh, the PCA specifically, needs to stop worrying about various issues. And his his thesis before us was. Uh, and, and I'm not putting words in his mouth um, or exaggerating in any way. His, his thesis was uh, the PCA, the church in America, broadly speaking, also needs to uh, uh, throw all of its energies behind combating um, white supremacy. He said um, issue, he, he specifically called out secularism as an issue that the church does not need to address or be concerned about. And he also called out what he called all these other, quote, political issues that conservatives are concerned about. And of course, in that, we know the sorts of issues he was referring to when he says, quote, political issues, things like abortion and homosexuality and transgenderism, those kinds of things, which have such strong now uh, political components uh, to them. And of course, most of us 
sat there stunned at, at hearing that, uh, that, that, that encroaching worldliness uh, is not a problem that the church really needs to worry about. And one of the things I, I thought about as thoughts were racing through my mind were, you know, now if, if we bring up, if Christians bring up the issues like freedom of conscience and religious liberty, I've heard it said specifically that any concern about religious liberty, and I heard this from a Presbyterian pastor, any concern about religious liberty is selfish on our part. And it seems to me that is a, a highly short-sighted view um, that gives no consideration whatsoever, not only what is for, for what is good for our brothers and sisters, but for what is good for our unchurched and unbelieving neighbors, that actually religious liberty is good for them. Freedom of conscience is good for them. And I hear from my progressive brethren all yeah. the time that I'm supposed to care about the flourishing of my neighbors and how there is this disconnect that yeah. religious liberty and freedom of conscience are somehow detached from my neighbors flourishing. I'm, I'm utterly confused by that. What are your thoughts on that? Yeah, well, I think there are two, two issues there. One, there's the gospel issue and, you know, to preach the gospel. Well, we have to preach the gospel anyway, and, and it's better to preach it in a, in a land where you're not right. going to be subject to criminal penalties for doing so. I would say that's a, that is a sensible good for which we should, we should pray, and, and there could be nothing better for our neighbors ultimately than the gospel. So there's, there is, if you, like, if you want to call that a selfish concern, you know, it's certainly, it's certainly a church-specific concern. But the broader question, I think, of freedom of speech and, and freedom of religion that are, in, in my mind, two sides of the same coin, essentially, is that if you don't have those and they're not protected, you're really handing power over to uh, a rather arbitrary way of, of, of enforcing speech these days. Uh, that right. We see that with, with Amazon, with the rise of very powerful corporations able to not completely censor Ryan Anderson. Ryan Anderson is not under arrest today, as far as I know. I mean, he's still, uh, he's still a free person and he's still able to, to speak his mind on issues. But big corporations are able to tilt people or tilt things in certain directions. And as is becoming increasingly obvious, able to inflict right. severe social penalties, not criminal penalties, but social penalties on those who defy the, uh, the trajectory. And what I would say to, to the, the people at this meeting of PCA pastors would be, you know, look at what's happening. Today's orthodoxy is tomorrow's heresy. Uh, in a situation where there are no objective criteria, when freedom of speech is not being protected, they can easily come for you tomorrow. And don't think, I would say to, to people in the PCA, don't think that being correct on the race issue will ultimately protect you. <laughs> right. The race issue is just the flavor of the day. Mm. There will be another flavor next week or next month, or next year, or next decade. And unless you're prepared to, to go all the way with that, the revolution's going to come for you. Mm. you know, a, a meeting of PCA presbyteries is almost by definition a meeting of cisgendered males, to use the trendy language of, of, of gender theory. Well, cisgendered males pretty privileged, pretty privileged. And this is going to come for you. And simply saying, well, I was right on the race issue. That's not going to protect you at this yeah. point. Simply saying, you know, if you change your mind on the gay issue, I was right on the gay issue. That's not going to protect you either. 
because it is the nature of what's going on to be continually, we might say, regenerating the identity marketplace. And you're going to find you're going to find yourself in real difficulties if there are no protections for freedom of speech in our society. And the thought occurs to me as well um, as as a pastor, um, I think about the impact of these things on the people I serve. And so um, I have teachers in the congregation that I serve who now use the language of we just keep our head down, that they are genuinely concerned about losing their jobs. Um, I, I know of teachers that have now found other employment. We have teachers in the church I serve that have found other employment because they see the writing on the wall. Um, just by virtue of the fact that they are Christians and therefore bound by conscience to not give ungodly counsel to their pupils, they saw that they had to leave the profession that they loved. Now, are we thankful that there are other options for them? But it, Yes, but is this the society we want to live in, where we basically are telling anyone who believes what Christians have always believed need not apply to anything in education, you know, or that, that sort of that's very concerning. And, and given that they're my neighbor and I'm supposed to love them and desire their flourishing, it seems like that ought to concern me. I was also struck by the fact, and again, this was in contrast to what I heard um, at this gathering of Presbyterian pastors that we don't have to worry and, and shouldn't give our energies towards encroaching secularism. That's not the problem we face, et cetera, et cetera. Was within the last two weeks, I've heard from two families in my church whose junior high daughters will not any longer use the restroom at their schools because of the order in Virginia now that um, uh, students be allowed to use the, the, the restroom of their own gender identity. Now, there's a few of us out there that know that junior high boys and senior high boys might make foolish decisions. I don't know. I've heard that that's the case. But there are at least a couple of junior high girls in the, ser- in the church that I serve now. Who And I'm just going to be very clear what their parents have told me. They will not drink anything before school, before they go. So that they can last the whole day without going to the restroom because they are so um, anxious and intimidated of, of, of the kinds of things that go on. And it's not just the transgenderism. It, it, if, if there are people out there saying, oh, well, the adults will monitor this wrong. Um, there's, there's drug use that goes on in these suburban junior high and high school school facilities. And now to add this layer. So, so as a pastor, I'm seeing this transgender ideology, encroaching secularism, quote, political issues, having a direct impact on the men and women I serve, on their children, on their families. And so I say the church better be concerned about this. Christians better be concerned about this, because as you say, it's coming for them in one way or another. Yeah. And I think it's about time some of these so-called woke pastors woke up to this fact. You know, yeah. If you live your life online and you spend all your time posturing on these, these trendy uh, progressive issues, you can get detached from real life. Uh, this stuff is having a real impact uh, on real people. 
uh, yes. that's that's doing an, an awful lot of damage. And I think that mm. has to be addressed too. Uh, sadly, it's going to have to come down to lawsuits. It's very right. clear that in the United States, everything now defaults to a, to the sort of the judicial tone, right and left. Uh, mm. But I think there's there are some signs of hope there. You know, uh, you know it's it, it, strange times when Europe is starting to to look more conservative than the United States. But there's some interesting things going on in France. Now, it's not all good in France because uh, Protestant brothers and sisters are likely to be scooped up in, the, in, 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 in what's coming to deal with Islamic extremism, for example. But in France, they've had enough of this stuff. Uh, in Britain, there have been some very interesting legal moves relative to the transgender issue. And I am more optimistic on the transgender issue than, than on on most of these other progressive causes, simply because I think transgenderism, it damages, it threatens too many people, not least the bodies of those who are who are being experimented on. And, and it represents, point. doesn't it represent kind of an inner conflict within the left itself? I mean, you have bodies within the left yeah. that are warring over transgenderism. Yeah. Yes. Uh, in fact, it was it was interesting. I was somebody emailed me this morning and referred to me as this sort of an emerging voice on the post-religious right, religious right. <laughs> and I wanted to drop him a note and say, you know, actually, I'm a man of the right. center. Politically, I've not shifted since I wrote Republican. Yeah. Uh, on, on, on a lot of social and economic issues, I'm not a conservative at all. What's ironic is that the identity politics issue presses us all into the, the conservative camp at this point. And I think that speaks volumes, that when we finally get back to some of the real issues in society, when we get beyond the middle-class obsession with identity, uh, the political spectrum will look very, very mm. different to, to what it does at the moment. These are issues that in some ways make the, you know, Todd, the enemy, my enemy is my friend. You're my friend now because we share <laughs> enemies. Right. It's, it's, hey, let me ask you this but, before uh, you wrap us up. Um, you know, so, so Ryan Anderson's book, when Harry became Sally has, has been uh, canceled. You know where I'm going with this. Your bestseller, um, which is a wonderful <laughs> book, most important book of the year. I agree with Rod Dreher. Come on, let's be honest. Um, now, it's not an angry screed. Um, it can avoid some of the obvious uh, criticisms that the left levels at other pronouncements on transgenderism and that sort of thing. But clearly, your book does represent a specific critique of that. I wonder how long it is before they come after Carl Truman. Yeah, who knows? I mean, Ryan's a big right. name and he heads up a big organization. He's an yeah. obvious scalp. Yeah. I live in the middle of nowhere. Nobody's <laughs> ever heard of me. So I can fly under the radar. All it takes uh, is one letter to yes, Jeff Bezos, I, people. Um, again, and, and I think being banned from Amazon would massively boost my sales. So if anybody fancies doing that, you know, my wife and I would love to buy a holiday home in Italy. So if Amazon want to ban me, that would be fantastic. But yeah, I, I hope that some kind of sanity emerges from this. You know, we're, we're less than 24 hours out from, from the banning of, of Ryan from Amazon. I hope that even by the time this program airs, maybe that decision will have been reversed. You know, I'm not in the game of thinking everything has to get worse all the time. Uh, I'm not confident that will be the case, but I hope mm. so.
And as I close, I, I would urge anybody listening today, you know, let's pray for these things. Uh, we need to pray to the Lord that he will, you know, he will change hearts in our society. Let's not forget that we're supposed to focus on the things above, the, yes. the things we're talking about today. In some sense, they are all passing away. Yes. Todd and I won't be around in 50 years' time. We'll have passed away. Let's not get too anxious about the things that are passing away, mm. but let's take them seriously. Let's pray about them. Let's use our, 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 our civil rights to pursue these issues graciously, legally, appropriately, but in, in the public square. Let's not surrender on that front and assume we're going to lose. Let's pursue this graciously. But let's not forget that ultimately it's the things that do not pass away that are to be where we, uh, where we, we set our hearts. Well, thanks very much for listening to Mortification of Spin. Uh, we hope uh, you found this program helpful. Please visit our website, uh, mortificationofspin.org, and there you'll have a chance, we hope, to enter uh, to win the newly banned book by Ryan Anderson. Who knows, that book could be shooting up in value right now, uh, having been a subject to the latest blacklisting from, from Amazon. Uh, while you're there, if you feel led, please do make a donation to the program allows us to stay on the air and uh, other than that let me wish you well for the coming week and look forward to being with you next wednesday thanks for listening to mortification of spin a podcast of the Alliance of Confessing Evangelicals. For more on topics like this, visit mortificationofspin.org, where you can find other articles by Carl and Todd, browse the archive of past episodes, and make a donation. We'll talk to you next time on Mortification of Spin. The Alliance of Confessing Evangelicals is pleased to present Delighting in Our Triune God, the 2021 Philadelphia Conference on Reformed Theology. Live and in person March 12th through the 14th in Grand Rapids, Michigan, and online from Philadelphia beginning April 30th. The Trinity is quintessential Christian doctrine, celebrating the biblical truth of one God in three persons, yet few believers today appreciate the doctrine's vital importance. Elevating the Trinity at this year's conference will be David Garner, Michael Barrett, Todd Rester, and Richard Phillips, with additional Philadelphia content from Robert Letham and others. Delighting in our triune God, the Philadelphia Conference on Reformed Theology. Registration for the Grand Rapids event is open now. Log on reformedevents.org for more. That's reformedevents.org.